In improvisational theatre, there's an adage that says make your partner look good. In leadership and business relationships, this means you can make personal interactions a win-win situation for both you and your colleagues. Welcome to Partner Up with Amy Carroll. Speaking with guests and listeners like you, Amy uses her wisdom and wit, leading you along the road to success. Now, here's your host, Amy Carroll. As a communication coach, trainer, speaker, and author, I'm delighted to be your host and excited to bring you insights and ideas to help you solve your communication conundrums. This is the 44th episode of my show, Partner Up with Amy Carroll. If you want to find out more about me or what the show is about, feel free to listen to previous episodes on my website, carolcoaching.com, or go to the voiceamerica.com business channel. Be sure to download the app. And you can always tune in using your favorite podcast app. If by chance you missed last week's show, I interviewed Matthias Hartman again. He and I had a wonderful conversation a couple of months back. Matthias is a somatic coach. He calls himself, or this is maybe I call this, this is his tagline, the coach to call when life is calling for change. And in last week's episode, we discussed the fear of rejection its impact on our lives, and what to do about it. So be sure to check that out from June 25th. And today, back by popular demand, is Talitha V. Welcome, T. Hi, Amy. Now, if you don't know this, T is my social media gal and sidekick. This is, I think this is like our third show we've done focusing specifically on challenges that clients have submitted. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. So, T, what are we focusing on today? So today we are picking up from the survey that you, I think you set that up maybe last year, and we've got a lady called Patricia who asks us or talks to us about what triggers in the business world, what triggers conflict in a business environment. So the first thing she picks up on, Amy, is perceived or actual unfairness. Oh, yeah. Yeah, whether it's actually, you know, something that's unfair or it just feels like it is, either way, it can really trigger us to get mm-hmm. defensive and upset. For sure, yeah. For me, this is a standard trigger for many people. When we perceive something as fair, and I agree, life is definitely unfair mm-hmm. sometimes. <laughs> and I think it's also safe to assume that it's not going to change. Thing, life will continue to be unfair sometimes. And so I guess what's important for us is that we challenge ourselves because T here's the thing. It seems that we only complain about things being unfair or we become upset when it's to our disadvantage. That's true. Right. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how many people are complaining or upset when life is to our advantage yet maybe at a disadvantage for someone else. Oh my gosh, I got a first class upgrade. That was, why did that happen? <laughs> yeah, I don't so, see that happening. Very so often. unfair. <laughs> so this is the thing, right? Children often say, it's not fair. Mm-hmm. You know, I know as a mother, this is, you hear that a lot from children. I'm intrigued to know why as adults, we still think it, even if we don't say it, we still think that that's not fair. And then we deal with it in whatever way we can. Mm-hmm. Why is that, Amy, even as adults? Well, I think it's not all adults. My theory is that I believe people complain more about things being unfair when 
we are accustomed to getting our way. Wow, interesting. Another way of saying this is when we're, we're living a life of privilege. Mm-hmm. And suddenly that privilege isn't available and we react as if something is owed to us. I know I am so guilty of this. <laughs> My life is so ideal so much of the time that when it doesn't, something doesn't work out for me, it doesn't Mm -hmm. go my way exactly. All of a sudden I can get really bent out of shape. Yeah. I hear you. Same for me. You did a video on privilege, Amy. I'm thinking back now. Yeah. Maybe we could invite the listeners to go and check that out. It's on your website and it's called privilege. Oh, well, there we go. (laughs) Perfect. Very subtle. (laughs) Yeah. Good idea. Yeah, the next topic is going to be... Well, uh, let me, before we talk to the next topic, mm-hmm. if people do go and check out that video on privilege, I think it's important, sometimes if we know we have a life of privilege, we're kind of afraid to confront it, to mm. to face it, to accept it. And so I want to reassure listeners, it's not about giving up all that we have. It's really about how mm-hmm. can we be grateful and appreciate what we do have. And that will sometimes help us to be more willing and more flexible when things aren't going our way. So it's really meant to help our mindset. Yeah, I see. Okay. So the next topic that Patricia brought up was bullying at work. Mm. When people are treated as a doormat, she says. Well, when you mentioned that, I guess, I'm curious, listeners, I'd like to know, so this is a moment to ask yourself a question. Have you ever been bullied or mistreated by someone, either in your professional life or your personal life? Mm. And T, what I can say is when I do, because I'll do a survey in my training classes, and it's a rare human being who doesn't raise their hand. Wow, really? Yeah. It's pretty scary. I know. Well, human beings, you know, mm-hmm. we're, we're a tricky bunch. We are indeed. Yeah. So most people have been subjected to this. And I guess what's important to know is if, uh, if it's happening regularly, consistently, periodically, then that's really something to pay attention to. So, and, and what I would do is I'd, I'd like to already, you know, you and I, we like to have our call for action at the end of the episode. So I'm already want to put up a call for action for listeners okay. to drop me a note and let me know the situation, mm-hmm. how you handled it and what was the outcome. Because sometimes people have just brilliant, clever, amazing, magical situations, and that's wonderful to share with other listeners so we can all benefit. Mm -hmm. And then if you had a situation that that didn't work out so well, I'd love for you to share it so that I can then um, offer advice, ideas, suggestions, which is what we're going to be doing in the next few minutes on some of Patricia's examples. Great. And I guess what I'd like to say more is that in the past, when it was me and I was being bullied, whether it was by a colleague or a boss, it would trigger me to defend myself in predator mode without really? with, you, Amy, as predator. Oh, thank you. I'm so I'm really happy you're surprised. <laughs> Hard to imagine. Without hesitation. OT, I took wow. on situations 
I, I'm amazed I didn't get fired from more jobs. It's, <laughs> it's extraordinary, actually. And here's the thing. My ego immediately wanted to protect myself and put mm-hmm. the other person in their place. Yeah. And except what I know now is that when I did that, as satisfying as it felt in the moment, mm. it the problem is it was internally reinforcing that likelihood that I was going to act as a predator the next time I was under pressure. So it was just creating a self-reinforcing cycle. Mm-hmm. And additionally, it would increase the likelihood the other person would react defensively, aggressively. So yeah. it just kept the conflict alive. Wow. Yeah. We all know that. Mm. So I guess for these reasons, my goal is to stay partner under pressure, even even when someone's been unfair, Mm. unreasonable, disrespectful. And for me, the bonus is that when I stay partner under pressure, it often takes the wind out of the sails uh, for the other person and it will diffuse the situation so quickly. Sure does. Right? Though Mm -hmm. it's taken a lot of training for me to get there, to manage my ego, to be able to get to this point. The I guess, listeners, what I'd like to say is the good news. Because I've trained myself so consistently, I'm now able to stay partner in those high-pressure situations much more easily. And the great news, listeners, is this stuff is accessible to you too. So throughout today's show, I'm going to be offering, T and I will both be talking about tips and tricks and tools that will help you get there. Yes, we will indeed. And Amy, one other video I feel they should go and check out on your website is the one that's called Neutralizing the Verbal Aggressor. Mm. That explains bullying in a nutshell. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, great okay. idea. So you can all head over to the website to check that out. And that Amy, the title in Neutralizing. Neutralizing, yes. yeah. Neutralizing the Verbal Aggressor. Verbal Aggressor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So we have a podcast interview that you did a while ago with a coachee by the name of Varanka from Russia. Do you yes, remember? I do. Okay. She was, well, she was having problems uniting her team and she had a colleague who was being a bully and being super negative. So part of Varanka's challenge was to avoid getting defensive, emotional, or frustrated. What if we play that now, Amy? Super. Yeah, let's play that. I'm here with my coachy Varenka Sherrick. Varenka is a medical director at Merck here in Switzerland. And Varenka, you're originally from Russia, is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. I think it's been well over a year now that we started working together. And originally, the focus was on your presentation skills, is that right? Yeah, that's right. Though very quickly, within one or two sessions, you found other things that you wanted to focus on as well. Tell us about that. Well, when I realized that I got a really talented coach whose primary practice is not only communication skills, I realized that this is a time to get extra opportunities to become aware of techniques, how to manage better other people. Yeah, that's true, because I remember we had this walk along the lake, and you were telling me about a challenging situation. Remind me what that was all about exactly. That was magic. I don't mean the walk (laughs) alongside the lake. I mean the outcome. That was the time when I had a really big problem with one colleague of mine, because his behavior was really 
horrible to me. Mm. I got problems in some meetings. It was challenging time to get results. Mm -hmm. It was really hard to unite team to get to the goal where we want to be. I remember you were telling me he was really acting like a bully and misbehaving and intimidating behavior. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly the case. Okay. What is one example of how he was misbehaving? You may imagine that you lead a very important meeting Mm -hmm. and suddenly who is not an expert in your area may say in front of other people, oh, but we know that our colleague Veronica is not always right. Ooh, not nice. Can you imagine how you should control yourself to be able to manage situations like that? Right. So I remember that was one of the challenges for you is that when he would say or do something like that, you got defensive and, and emotional. Yeah, that was the case. On top of that, also frustrated and disappointed. Uh-huh. Okay, got it. So then we worked on this. And what changed for you? Firstly, I will tell how we worked on that. Okay. When we played the role play game mm-hmm. and you was playing his role and I was the one trying to manage you to put everything on the right place, I learned a lot of moments and I realized that I can influence him via right manner of posing questions and adding empathy in speaking with him. Okay, so the way you were posing questions, asking questions, and then mentally creating more empathy for him. Yeah. And I also remember that one of the main things that we worked on, especially we started when for around the presentation skills, though also when you're in a very emotional state, was helping you to slow down your pace of speech. Yeah, that was one of the examples which worked for me really well. Okay, so then what happened? Occasionally, in a two, three days, I had an invitation for the lunch with him and another colleague, and it was the time when the role play with you became a reality. Oh boy, okay. So he was doing exactly the same things over that time, trying to attack me, to provocate me, to provoke me, even referring to my third colleague. Wow. And how were you acting in that moment? I was acting exactly how you taught me. So I put myself in a partner mode. I didn't give him any chance to be a predator relatively to me. I was reverting his questions in the same manner as you taught me. Mm -hmm. And that worked out really well. So one of the things I remember we worked on was this pretend not to notice when he was misbehaving. So you were just carrying on a conversation like this was a completely reasonable discussion and his behavior wasn't at all inappropriate. Yeah, that's true. And it reminds me your lesson, how to keep yourself in this mode with confidence. I was just imagining saying to him, sweetie, it's time to go for a sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, I haven't said this. Right. Good choice. (laughs) That's the... That's the broken record approach for the three-year-old. <laughs> Yet I kept my intonation, my manner of saying in nearly similar manner. And was it correct that you noticed that his behavior was actually escalating? It was really, he was in a way 
baffled and surprised by your not reacting, and he started to get even more inappropriate. Oh, yes. That was really interesting to see. Good that I was prepared to that by you. Yeah, so for the listeners, what's important to know here is that when you're in a dynamic where someone's being a bully or a predator, and you've been the prey or the victim, the target of this person, when you start to change your own behavior and become more partner, that bully doesn't like the change. They're wanting you to go back to the old way, the old dynamic. So their behavior is going to get temporarily even more inappropriate. And the good news is most predators, most bullies won't be able to maintain that really extreme level of inappropriate. So then what did you notice happened after that, Varenka? He personally didn't agree that it was any changes. So we walked out of this lunch in a simple way, without any additional statements, clarifications, or whatever. Okay. Right after this meeting, interesting things started to happen. Uh-huh. Firstly, my colleague, who was an unofficial witness of this conversation, told me like, wow, I can't believe how you make it. You were so calm. You were so professional. I wouldn't be able to do anything similar. Wow. So having that witness there must have been fantastic for you to have that feedback to confirm that your behavior had such an impact. Yeah, that was true. Moreover, my problematic colleague started to be really nice with me. Uh Uh-huh. And this is exactly what happens when we pretend not to notice the other person's misbehaving. They're so indebted to you or so grateful for the fact that you don't point out their misbehavior that they're either going to be apologetic or very appreciative and thankful. And that's what you experienced was the latter. Is that right? Yeah. T, I love the part where Varenka says how surprised she was when the role play we did in the coaching session ended up becoming a reality. Yes. My goodness. And Amy, I love the part where she said that the witness who was at the lunch meeting was so impressed with how she handled herself. That makes me think of the time I saw you in action. And I couldn't believe how calmly you stayed in front of the predator at the spa. You remember. We talked about that in one of the shows. Yeah, I think we I even did a snippet on that, if I remember Mm -hmm. correctly. You did. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that was up in Chamonix. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. So T, before we move to the next topic, I want to take another layer of this around and looking at another dimension around bullying. Mm. Okay. It's when we're an an observer or bystander to someone else Uh being bullied or mistreated. Mm. Right. And as you and I both know, this doesn't have to be a helpless situation. No. Now, here's what used to happen to me in the past. If I noticed someone was being mistreated, disrespected, I would go full on attack mode towards the aggressor. I, <laughs> oh, I no. <laughs> my sister Regina says, Amy, do you remember that one time in the mall and, and those guys, those really intimidating looking guys were being aggressive on the elevator and they accused me of d- doing something to them and you started yelling at them? I'm oh like, my uh-huh. goodness. Oh, yeah. Not a good idea. Story after story after story. Wow. It's yeah, the fact that I'm still alive um 
What I was mean, driving said, you to that, Amy? What was obviously it was a trigger, and why did you think that you could change the situation, which many people still will out there? Well, I because I I think it might be due to one of my values, the mm-hmm. my value that people not be um, humiliated or mistreated or um, cruelly treated. Okay. It, you know, it's, it's really, in fact, I have a name for it. I call, I call it my protective predator. Ah, I was going to suggest the fairness fairy. <laughs> Ooh, Amy's that's, a fairness fairy. That could be the, the partner version. Right. I yeah. like it with a cute little green outfit. Of course. Absolutely. So you call it the protective predator. Yeah. Unfortunately, mm. I've also come to the conclusion that as justified as that reaction might have felt in the moment, mm. there was a high cost to going protective predator. Okay. So what's the cost? What Can you explain a little bit? Yeah. Remember what I was saying earlier? It's the same thing. If I allow myself to go predator under pressure, mm. I'm reinforcing the aggressive reaction in the brain. Yes. Plus, if I'm reacting as a predator towards someone else, there's a higher probability they're going to continue to react towards me as a predator, mm. which can cause things to spiral out of control. Even it really can. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You don't want things to spiral out of control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I know. My mom, well, she, she had a great one. She calls it um, when the shit hits the fan. <laughs> we all know that one. <laughs> I think we say when you feel like the rug's been pulled from under your feet. Oh, that's everything polite. falls down around your ears. <laughs> yeah. Or when the jelly goes sliding off the PB&J sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so now when I want to go to the aid or support of another person, my goal is to intervene and do it as the fairness fairy, also known as staying in partner mode. And still, yeah. believe it or not, still showing respect for the bully. Showing respect for the bully. Right. You're going to have to explain that one to me, Amy. Well, here's the thing. If the goal, my goal is to get a positive outcome. And for me, the definition of a positive outcome is the situation's resolved with a minimal amount of damage on mm. either side. Mm-hmm. When I can stay partner in a situation, meaning I'm interacting with calm and controlled energy. That's uh-huh. important mm-hmm. because the thing is, T, energy is contagious. And if I can do that, this may have a positive impact on the other person. Even if it, there's a bully and they're being kind of out of control, that energy can still be contagious. Sometimes that will still work in that situation. Additionally, when I'm making an effort to show respect for the bully, they're more likely, because this is what happens, they might, even when they're out of control or even when they're intoxicated, this has worked, they're likely to recalibrate their own behavior unconsciously. They're not, there's not a conscious choice Mm -hmm. because they're feeling the respect I'm showing them. They want to keep that respect coming. Yeah, right. Also, it speak, it, it, the other reason I'm so motivated, it speaks to my values of treating mm. others with care and concern. If mm. I have that for the person who's the target or the victim of a bully, then I should have that same value and or hold that same value for someone whose behavior might not be meriting it in the moment. Mm. Okay, I see. Makes me think about the old saying, treat others how you want to be treated. Doesn't matter what's happening or the situation. 
Okay. Yeah. So there's something that bring, springs to mind here is the three Ds. And we've discussed this before, Amy. We find ourselves in a situation where there's a bully in the midst and we need to be reminded of how to handle that person. We can always think about the three Ds. Diffusion, distraction, diversion. Yeah. And I guess I would say all of those things are a form of positive destabilization. So we're like, we're sticking with the Ds here. Yeah. And they work. Diffuse the situation, distract the person and divert. It really can work. Yeah. So I suggest we pause here, take a break. Okay. And when we come back, we'll pick up where we left off talking more about conflict in the work environment. Mm -hmm. Now, listeners, if you're ready to join me on a superhero partner power challenge, (laughs) taking your skills into the next decade, join me for my online leadership presence course. You can check that out on carolcoaching.com. That's going to be two R's and two L's. And I've got another one running uh, sometime. I think there's a, some opening still for the program in August. Stay tuned, listeners. You're listening to Partner Up with Amy Carroll on the Voice America Business Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Do you have colleagues, family members, or neighbors that just drive you crazy sometimes? Do you occasionally find yourself feeling disrespected, mistreated, or annoyed by others? As a no-nonsense communication coach, trainer, speaker, and author, Amy Carroll may have a solution for you. For over 35 years, Amy has studied status and power dynamics, what sabotages relationships, results, and how to get desired outcomes in business and personal interactions. Make Your Partner Look Good is a philosophy from improvisational theatre, as well as Amy's favourite mantra. For the last 20 years, she has been using her superhero powers to inspire individuals and multinationals around the globe to transform their communication and tap into their own partner powers. With concrete behaviour changes in voice, body language, words and attitude, Amy shows clients what to keep and what to change to get more of what you want more often with less hassle. Visit carolcoaching.com today. That's C-A-R-R-O-L-L coaching.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for the keywords voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for voice America. You are listening to Partner Up with Amy Carroll. We want participation from you. Feel free to send an email to amy at carolcoaching.com. Now, back to Partner Up with Amy Carroll. Here again is Amy. Welcome back to Partner Up with Amy Carroll. My guest today is Talitha V, my amazing social media woman. We've been discussing conflict and challenges people have in the work environment. Mm, and bullying. We were chatting about and bullying yes, before the break. Mm. That's right. Amy, don't you have a, a story to tell about bullying? The one about the rowdy teenager on oh, the yeah. train. Oh, yes, yes, yes. This is a juicy one. Mm. So 
Yeah, you probably haven't heard this one in a while. Good memory. This tea, this happened, I don't know, seven or eight years ago. It was the middle of the week, three o'clock in the afternoon. I was on the train heading to the airport. Mm-hmm. And across from me, across the aisle, were three kids. One was about 17 years old, big and muscular. One was kind of small and skinny, probably about 14 years old. And then there was a, another one sitting across from the two of them. He was probably about 16. Okay. Picture this. their ages. Right. Yeah. The 17-year-old had his arm wrapped around, aggressively around the neck of the 14-year-old. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. You could tell that 14-year-old was not enjoying himself. Oh. What made it worse was the 16-year-old was sitting across from them laughing at the whole thing. Oh, did me. I couldn't decide who I was going to hit first because I was pretty <laughs> clear someone was going to get hit. Yeah. The protective predator. Oh, there you go. And I got the solution. And right. I decided, though, I was going to start with the 17-year-old. And just before I went full-blown protective predator mode, I stopped myself. I said, whoa, 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 Amy, you can't go predator in this situation. And T, I want to share with you, I had multiple reasons Mm. why I couldn't justify going predator. First reason was that this 14-year-old's life was not actually in danger. Mm, okay. So that's that's a prerequisite. Right. For me to so even, if somebody was really in danger, you would have gone in there as protective predator. Which maybe. Means, that's mm. that's a good point. You asked that. I would probably still now today see if I could do it as a partner. Okay. And I the second reason I didn't want to go predator was I that what I've been talking about before. I don't want to continue the cycle of aggression. Mm-hmm. I wasn't worried what the 17-year-old would do to me. I just knew I couldn't guarantee he wouldn't go predator on his dog later in the day or his little brother or sister or someone else. Mm. And today we never know how people are going to react. Okay. So you're right. I was definitely taking a risk Mm. though. It was a calculated risk and things that if I step out for a minute, I imagine they didn't seem like they'd been drinking alcohol because that makes people a little more unpredictable. Mm-hmm. It was a public space. There were other people around. Right. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm, you know, I'm as short as I am. I'm pretty, pretty, pretty intimidated. <laughs> fiery. <laughs> yeah, I'm fiery. That's a good word for it. So <laughs> I, it didn't feel in that moment like I was taking a big risk to my physical safety. Okay. And I'm often willing to be humiliated. If, if it, if I, if it means standing up for someone else, I'm willing, I don't like it. I would prefer it didn't happen though. I'm willing to take that risk. Right. So there's a big difference between risking my safety and risking looking stupid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Being the fan is fairy. Right. <laughs> right. That's it. I like that you asked me that. I, and I guess the third reason I didn't want to go predator is because I didn't want to reinforce that predator reaction under pressure. Mm. And when here's the bonus, when I force myself to stay partner in high pressure situations, I'm creating new pathways in my brain. Brilliant. Neuroplasticity. Mm -hmm. And that's creating new ways of behaving. Yeah, of course. So instead, I took a deep breath. What did you do? (laughs) In my very best French, calmly and slowly, I said, excuse me, sir, would you stop doing that? 
It bothers me a lot. Wow. Immediately, the 17-year-old took his arm off the neck of the 14-year-old, though he was still kind of agitated, the the 17-year-old. And he said to me in an accusatory way, well, they did that to me. Oh, no. And I'm kind of like, I don't know what to do with that. So Mm. I just paused. And again, I responded to him calmly and slowly. And with empathy, I said to him, I wouldn't want them to do that to you either. Uh Uh-huh. And that was it. Yeah. It was over. Yeah. The power of empathy, man. Power of empathy. It's insane, isn't it? So that. I wouldn't want them to do that to you either. Oh, so you gave some importance to him and you also called him sir. Well, yeah, let's talk about that. So there were, I think there, so when I, after I calmed down and I finally got to the airport, I analyzed it and I came up with four reasons why I think it worked. One was the one you just said. Yeah. An adult calling Mm. a teenager, sir, probably doesn't happen to him too often, especially, right. And especially when he's doing something that's not cool. Mm -hmm. So, so the shock element probably stopped him for a start. Maybe so. Yeah. And then the second thing is I asked him to stop. I didn't tell him because that's a lot of times, and I'm guilty of this as an adult, you want to go, you want to tell kids, yes, do this, don't do this. For sure. And so I believe he felt a sense of empowerment of choice Mm. because I was letting him know you, it's for you to choose. This is simply my request. Right. Now, the third reason I think it worked was I explained the reason why was that it bothered me. So I didn't lecture him on right, wrong, good, bad, agree, disagree. Wow. Very clever. And then the fourth reason. I spoke calmly and slowly. Mm. And the reason why this works so well is I was controlling energy. Mm -hmm. And it's harder. It's much, much, much harder to fight in slow motion. So for all those reasons, I believe. You got the recipe spot on. Yeah. Mm, Well done. And the bonus for me, the most incredible part was that I was able to control myself. Fantastic. Even though I was very tempted to go predator in the moment. Of course. So you created a new pathway in your your brain. Well, I have been creating it. Mm. And that's why I think I was successful because I'd been going to the partner gym every chance mm-hmm. I could get. Perfect. And that was creating those pathways. Yep. Fabulous. Yep. And because of that, my partner muscles are able to handle things even in really super challenging situations. Now I surprise I myself sometimes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Action. <laughs> yeah. And vouch for that for sure. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Now, For me, I think that in very extreme situations, maybe in public with strangers, you don't know how strangers are going to react. You don't know Mm. what they've just, what their life has been in the last 24 hours. Mm -hmm. Or as I mentioned earlier, someone's been drinking. Mm -hmm. A very unusual way to distract, to destabilize might be just the right thing to do. So here's an example. Um, I've heard, I was listening to a podcast on nonviolent communication. These people had been doing this training all weekend 
and something happens and they witness a fight outside of their apartment. Okay. And so they come out and they Mm -hmm. look at each other and they start singing. Oh, what? (laughs) Now that is definitely going to divert the attention for a start, right? We drop back into those three Ds again, distraction, diversion. Did it diffuse the situation, Amy? Yeah, yeah, it did. Wow. Amazing. And then another time, my brother Joe um, shared with me how there were some people who had been, they were fighting, physically Mm -hmm. fighting. And the guy came up to them and urgently asked for instructions, you know, directions. Can you show me how to get Ah. to this place? (laughs) Ah, Right. He did it to dissipate the fight. He didn't do it because he needed his instructions. Well, of course. And then it leaves the people that are fighting in this kind of state of confusion and they may almost forget what they were doing, right? It might be enough to, mm. yeah, to re- rewire the exchange. Mm-hmm. Though Fantastic. I think it's important for listeners, you know, you, you got to use your common sense. Yeah. You've got to train yourself with these behaviors. Mm. It, it, you know, it would be like go, entering a martial arts fight without having trained. You got to know what you're doing because... Yeah. The pressure is so great on the brain mm. that you need all your capacity to be able to focus your brain and have those skills available. For sure. For sure. T, do you have any recent uh, partner challenges that you've had to deal with? <sighs> well, funny you should say that. As you now know, if you've listened to a, a few of the shows that we've done together with Amy, I practice partner on a regular basis. Yeah, she does. <laughs> I'm having some fantastic outcomes. So, <laughs> well, one that is, comes to mind at the moment because we're thinking about traveling again with everything that's happening in the world with uh, the COVID situation um, getting easier and people thinking about buying their holiday tickets. Uh, last year, just before COVID, I needed to go and renew my daughter's passport. Now, we decided last minute to go over to Mexico and didn't realize that her passport had run out. So this had to be sorted out pretty quickly. Okay. So there's a time pressure situation. There was a time pressure situation and that's kind of setting the scene. Okay. And you know, I've been living in France now for 20 years this year already. So I'm pretty fluent in French, even if I still have my British twang. (laughs) But I try to you know, get rid of, or, um, I try my best to sound French and it just doesn't work. No, I haven't, I, I just have completely given up on yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, if you don't learn the language before you're six or something, I think you're always going to keep that accent. So my accent is there. Uh, so the day I got to the French passport office, I was met with two ladies and, you know, lovely day. And just thinking this was all going to go swimmingly, no reason for it not to. I had the, I bought in advance the prepaid stamp that you had to go with. And I had my daughter's old passport and I had every, all the paperwork was in order. So no reason for this to go wrong until I said good morning and gave them my name. And they obviously instantly realized that I was English. So I was ushered into an office where even before my bum set on the seat, they had started to banter between themselves in broken English with thick French accents. And it was almost like they were mocking me. 
What do, you, what do you mean? Like, what were they saying? So saying silly phrases that had nothing to do with anything. Um, when is the last time uh, you had a dinner? Uh, things like this. Ah. A few a few of these phrases. And I, I was obviously understood everything they said and didn't know if it was aimed at me or if I needed to join in or couldn't quite work out what was happening. Oh, okay. And then I think one of the women said something directed to me in, in English or Fringlish, as we call it. And I assured her in French that I, you know, I said, je parle français, a pas de souci, I speak English, there's no, uh, French, there's no problem. We can speak in French. Pleasure, you know, we're in France. Right. Um, so the thing is, this went on, okay? So I was feeling some kind of animosity and I was oh. really aware that it didn't, I didn't want it to come from me. Right. I was feeling slightly humiliated because yeah. in between asking for my paperwork, they kept going back to these snarky kind of phrases and having a little laugh between them. There, wasn't, there was no involving me. No, no. So you, I could see why the humiliation would tick in, click in yeah. because yeah. You're, they're, make, they're making fun of you in front of you. Right. That's what it yeah. felt like. That was exactly what was happening. <laughs> now, this isn't the first time, unfortunately, when, you know, living in another country, this kind of thing can happen. So you sure. learn to deal with it. You learn to take it on the chin. And I just kept saying to myself, stay predi- stay partner, don't go predator. <laughs> Good job. Well, you know, I could, there was a moment where I kind of wanted to say, hey, you know, I'm here. <laughs> and let oh. me pause your story for a second. So for listeners, when T is talking about not go predator, stay partner. What she means is partner is holding high respect for herself, high respect for the other. Don't come become arrogant or rude like a predator. Okay. Right. So uh, I was at a point after this 30 minute, not interview exchange where I felt like my predator button could have been pushed because <laughs> they decided that I didn't have the correct stamp. Uh, they weren't very helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of blocked me. Yeah. And uh, insisted that I go and buy another stamp. So I had to then walk down the street and come back. And then they said they may not have time to speak to me after. Anyway, it was a whole kind of. Did you go predator? I didn't. I stayed calm. Wow. I stayed very calm. And because I was aware of the predator versus prey and, you know, predator prey partner model that I practice daily, (laughs) it helped me, you know, just to stay in that partner mode. Um, yeah. And, and another little shout out to my sister, Pat Kirkland, who's the one who mm. created the model. She right. ha- did something like 25 plus years ago. Um, mm. So you guys can check, find out more about Pat on patkirklandleadership.com if you want to know more about her and the model. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So at the end of the interview, uh, they decided then that I needed to come back the next day with my daughter and kind of condescendingly said to me, you know, you should have brought your daughter. You should know about this. She needs to be here, and which I didn't. Um, now the pressure was on because I knew we were leaving a week in a week's time. Okay, so no problem. Took my daughter back the next day. Didn't say anything to my daughter about what had happened the previous day. Just went in there thinking, okay, another day. Let's see how this goes. Yeah. Well, same thing happened, Amy. Right from the get-go, I walked in, they remembered me, brought my daughter, Not no smiles, no happy energy. It was very much the same scene the next day. The joke started again with right. the accent and 
I think 10 seconds into the whole scenario and my daughter just looked at me and said, mommy, they're making fun of you because she's French. So it wasn't for her. It was all about me with the English accent. So you didn't say anything to your daughter about these women and she picked it up completely within just seconds. Absolutely. Yeah. Within seconds. She I imagine she was in shock. Total I shock. Bet. And I also wonder if that was almost reassuring to you, like, okay, I'm not hallucinating. I'm not being, uh, you know, overly sensitive. There you go. Yeah. yeah. It did reassure me. And I reassured her and said, hey, you know, let's just get this done. Let's just get the paperwork done and get out of here. Good Um, mommy modeling there. (laughs) uh, It was, it was tough. It was really tough because, you know, you want to stick up for yourself and defend. And anyway, we got through. I just decided the solution was to say as little as possible and to stay very straight and (laughs) partner-like. Congratulations. (laughs) And T, what I can tell you is that all of that hard work, you built muscles that are going to be available to you at the next time something like this happens. I know. I know. That's why I was so proud of myself. Anyway, to round up the story, basically they said within the next five days, they'd call me and let me know when the passport was ready. I was super happy. They didn't call back. I called on day number four, um, at, at which point the one of the women had said to me, um, oh, oh yeah, your passport's been here for a few days. Oh, <laughs> so no. And then I kind of thought, oh, my goodness, taking it personally. I picked, went to pick up the passport, gave them a very, very big smile and said, thank you so much for your help. And <laughs> a little day. sarcastic. <laughs> I got a bit snarky at the end, I must admit. <laughs> kept, I kept it on a level. So, yeah. Excellent. Me and so, partner pants. You know, T, um, as I was listening to you, this story makes me think of the podcast interview I did with my good friend Gabby when she was okay. stuck at passport control. I think it was in East Africa. Okay, yeah. So let's play that that interview for listeners now. Perfect. Gabby, welcome. Thanks for joining me. Hello. Thank you for having me. So Gabby, my question for you is, would you be willing to share with us one of your many partner success success stories? So I know you got a couple of juicy ones and they're great. Good. So thank you for the opportunity to do that. And as I was getting ready for this podcast, I thought about this one time about four years ago. Yeah. East Africa. Mm-hmm. I'm hired there to deliver service to one of my coaching clients for right. only four days. Okay. So I arrived to the place. I complied with every single document and requirement that I thought I needed to do. Sure. I arrived, got there. My documents got stamped. I leave. I have a wonderful working experience with my client. Mm-hmm. Four days later, I come back to the airport. Uh-oh. Uh-huh. I thought it was just going to be so easy presenting my, while I stand there and the woman in front of me, yeah, with a heavy German, Austrian accent, she was having this candid, loud conversation with the customs officer. Yeah. And something was wrong with her papers. And she went absolutely predator Uh-oh. against the officer. Not. Not. Have smart. you been in one of those places? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. And this is not a place you want to be stuck. Right. So I'm. As she escalates this discussion, she's removed by two police officers <gasps> no. into another room. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. So after that little event, I'm the next person to go. Oh, right. <laughs> the officer gives me this really serious look. He gives me the sign and he says, next. Oh, God, yeah. Uh-huh. And 
luckily you and I have been working with this model for such a long time right. in a way and, and applying these things. And as I took these three steps forward, I was, just, <laughs> I was saying to myself, stay partner, stay partner, good stance, loud voice. I use his name, Mabalo, I remember still his name. Good afternoon, Officer Mabalo. And he was a bit surprised that I used his name. So right, cool, right. And that he could pronounce it. <laughs> that I could pronounce it with respect. No smile. Takes my documents. Mm. Reviews. And he asks me, Ms. Muller, did you enjoy your short vacation? Which I thought it was weird, right? Because right. I was there for working. Right. And I said, well, I enjoyed my four working days. It was oh. very short and, you know, I enjoyed it. And he said, so you were working here? Yeah, I was. He said, hmm, interesting. You have just admitted to have committed a crime. <gasps> we consider that a crime. And he was saying that and my mind was going, what? I controlled it. I, I, I do serious. I knew that I was serious matter. Right. He said, you see, you have a tourist stamp on your passport. Oh, gosh. Uh-huh. And I wasn't supposed to have delivered any work in the country. Right. And as I realized the seriousness of this matter, I took my time, took my documents, and I did what, you know, it, we recommend to do in these right. cases. Take a deep breath, take your time, and scan my documents, and yep, he was right. I had the wrong stamp on my passport. Yeah. I could not fight that back. He was right. Except that he was in silence, and he says, well, you're in trouble. Why do you suggest we do? Regardless of what was crossing his mind, right. I was not going to go to another alternative solution before I use my people skills. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I came up with this very slow sentence. Officer Mabalo, you are right. This stamp is for tourists, and I worked in the country. Now, you see, I hope that right now I get on that plane back to my family, which is true, it's really true. Right. I mean, true, I, true. in all honesty, this is my best argument at that moment. Yeah. And he was right to get on that plane to get to back to my family. So I know that you will have the power to just let me go, and I will make sure next time, and I hope there is a next time, so, but I almost bite my tongue on that one. Right, right. And I hope that is the next time I will take full responsibility to double check the stamp I'm getting on my passport. Now, here's the thing. I didn't blame anybody. Right. Even though it wasn't really my fault. Right. That stamp was there, right? So I resisted that temptation. And silence. Mm. A long pause, Amy. Kind of like the uncomfortable silence. Right. He looked at me and he just couldn't grab anything else. Right. Not either or. No predator, no prey. Right. Is it? Ms. Müller. Here's your passport, gate three. Run, you might miss your plane. Next. Unbelievable. I know. I grabbed my passport and I resisted the temptation to run like a prey. I bet you did. <laughs> I just took a deep breath saying, good off, thank you, good day. I walked slowly, and then I have to go to the bathroom, do some breathing <laughs> exercises. <laughs> so this works, and I'm happy that that one yeah. ended really well. Yeah. Oh, Gabby, that's a great story, and so uh, scary, and so um, bold and brave of you to be able to hold that partner frame under such pressure. I love the part where she says... Uh, when she's coaching herself, saying, stay partner, just stay yes. partner, just stay partner. Yeah, just like me in the passport office before. <laughs> right. Something and about that's, traveling, right? There's something yeah. about traveling. Well, let's, we got to, 
we got it. Thank you for letting me keep ra- talking over you. Um, so let's wrap up because we only have a couple of minutes left. And I know that you have a call for action for listeners. What is it? Mm-hmm. My call to action is if you are going to be traveling soon or this year or in the future, keep your partner pants on. That means stay calm, stay cool, uh, be empathetic. What else could we say, Amy? Well, I think it's important to realize that as we start traveling again, because of the COVID situation, it's going to be even more challenging than normal. So like one of the things I got to learn to do is give myself more time than I think Mm. I need. And then one of our favorite things is make sure you've had something to eat. And drink. Yes. And drink. Mm. Non-alcoholic. Yeah. Make sure you're fed and watered before you Fed and watered. There you go. Okay, Mm. listeners. My call for action is send me your communication conundrums, clashes, challenges, mishaps, blunders, and success stories via social media or email. I'll read them out. I'll discuss them on future shows and make suggestions. You can reach me at amy at carolcoaching.com. That's two R's and two L's. Next week, I'm going to be interviewing Rajkumari Nioji. So you want to switch on, tune in, listen up, and be inspired Because Raj is an epigenetic coach and executive consultant focused on the intersection between neurobiology, culture, and empathy in today's business world. Feel free to contact me, folks, on my social media channels, and you can find find me on Amy Carroll Coaching. Finally, if you're game for more, I'm going to be hopping over to Facebook Live five minutes past the hour for a short chat on today's call. And T, thank you. It's been a wonderful conversation. Thanks, Amy. Thank you, listeners. You've been listening to Partner Up with Amy Carroll on the Voice America Business Channel. Happy partnering, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Partner Up with Amy Carroll. Join Amy for another edition next Friday at 7 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Central European Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until we speak again, make it a great week. And remember... Make your partner look good.